2: It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV
3: brand. I did expect them there. And, uh, you know, some things that have been reported are correct. Some are not. So, you know, and it's not uncommon uh, when players scrimmage that, you know, there'll be some talk. And so it was competitive. I'm not going to get into all that stuff. That's, That's you guys. You know, I'm not answering to all the rumors and stuff that gets put out that's garbage you guys for you your job is the drama we're you know our job is to get ready to play so i understand you got a job to do we have a job to do and that's what we have to do we're not going to get into daily behavior and and stuff like that we know what we have to do in practice we understand how we have to practice uh and that's what we're going to focus okay
2: not that we needed another reason for why tom thibodeau is a lying fraud but that quote. Let's just play this one more time, okay? Yeah. So this is Tom Thibodeau. Uh, was this is this morning, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shooter
3: You guys, for you, your job is the drama. We're n- you know, our job is to get ready to play. Okay. Hold on. Let's play 10 more seconds. You guys, for you, your job is the drama. We're n- you know, our job is to get ready to play. So I understand you got a job to do. We have a job to do. And that's what we have to do. We're not going to get into daily behavior and, and stuff like that. We know what we have to do. Our job is to get ready to play,
2: right? So we canceled practice less than a week before the season. Mm-hmm. Like so if if your job, Tom Thibodeau, is to get your players ready to play, is canceling practice when you don't when you've been complaining for 2 years about lack of preseason practices, I would say I guess my follow-up would have been was canceling practice on Thursday all part of the plan to get ready to play for the season?
1: Now play the play the soundbite where where after there's the the one that you played where he blames us for being the drama queens. Play the one where he's asked about Jimmy Butler going to ESPN and deciding to conduct his own interview.
4: What did you think of Jimmy doing a national interview right after that practice?
3: It is what it is. It's you know today in today's world you know this is what you know there's it's it's a different world you know it's there's all the social media it's the accessibility it's you know it is what it is so um, you know I have no problems with a with a guy uh, doing interviews it's it's what happens you know and you know you, I want the team to be first I want the team to be Go ahead, first, just I mean, mean it's, it's,
1: uh, we uh, spent this. the first hour <laughs> dissecting what a buffoon fraud and clown oh. this guy's become why does he still work here nobody knows why is he because still... we can't find the guy who runs the yeah. shop to fire him
2: you know what would have been really fun if kg would have purchased the timberwolves from glenn taylor sometime in the last couple weeks and i know you guys talked to johnny Kane in the three o'clock hour mm-hmm. reading through kg's quotes in uh, in this article i'm trying to envision kg as the owner of an nba team just explicitly dropping f bombs up and down when like a casual transitional f bombs you know replacing half of a word with an f bomb and talking about your franchise and your players um yeah he, the, he and he made the point too that yeah he used to get into guys at practice but never once demanded a trade because this was where he he said you know i this is this is the house that i built which is you get the hell out of here and that's why people have to stop
0: comparing they have to stop comparing, like, what Jimmy's doing or what Jimmy did on Wednesday to, you know, KG used to do this and Kobe did this and all that. But it's 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 different. It's a completely different situation. Jimmy's trying to get himself out of here. He's trying to get himself out of here. If Kevin Garnett is getting into it with guys in practice, and I'm sure he did here, I'm sure he did in Boston, I'm sure he did in the little bit of time he was in Brooklyn, but it was never with the intention of I don't want to be here anymore. Get me the hell out of here. Correct. It was always to try and make you know if he's yelling at somebody, it's always it was always to try and make that guy better or to push that guy and motivate that guy.
2: Yes, and as KG said in these in these quotes in this Johnny K story, he hopes that he he empathizes with Jimmy Butler, but he hopes that this is coming from a place of just wanting to make everything better rather than an ego standpoint and just trying to drum up things for your own purposes. Well, I, th- I think we I think we know. We know exactly
1: Lee, why he's doing it. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's he's saying, I know why Jimmy has taken this step. I'm hoping it's not, but I know exactly why, which is all about Jimmy. He also has some very interesting quotes in which he acknowledges, and this is, this is another key part of this, and it's why it's inexplicable that Tibbs didn't just trade the guy – KG acknowledges Jimmy Butler's not in the class of player who can do this. Jimmy Butler is a self-made star, and he's a very good player. But if you really were to break down any league and go, okay, how many guys could pull this and really make it work for them? That's probably a very select group between three and five people. And KG is a thousand percent right in saying Jimmy Butler is doing something that he's not capable of really yeah. doing.
2: I saw someone I can't remember who it was. I saw a tweet from a couple of days ago, and it and it crystallized this. If you're not living in the Twin Cities, and you're you're just somewhere else, and yeah, ESPN did make this a huge. Na- it, it is a huge national story, but mm-hmm. someone put it into perspective and said, "Wait a second, the eighth seed in the Western Conference and the 18th best player in the NBA are at odds. Like, why is this a huge story?" And I mean the Wolves were a 3 seed in the west before he got injured and he's probably more like a top 12 player when he's healthy but yeah it's not LeBron James it's not Kobe Bryant and sometimes I think Jimmy Butler there might be a little bit of a little bit of strife in his own mind that he puts himself in that category or he wants to be in that category so bad and he's not and so there might even be a little insecurity on his part that leaked out in his quotes from the other day when he's telling Rachel Nichols I just want to feel loved I just want to feel appreciated it's like Carol Owens man yeah
0: Terrell Owens, a little and insecurity I, and, goes and, and, a long way. And I'm not, and listen, I'm not even saying, I, you know, Terrell Owens when he played, you know, he got a lot of flack from a lot of people in, in the media, and it's part of the reason why it took him so long getting the Hall of Fame. Like we know all of that, but I'm not even saying that it's really a bad thing. I just think you have to have a if if he's if Jimmy Butler's going to be a part of your team, you have to have a better understanding of what you're getting with him. And you have to, you have to realize, okay, this is what I have. This is how he is. This is part of his personality. So now I've got to hint, hint, wink, wink, Tom Thibodeau. I'm talking to you. I have to look at this and and manage these personalities well and figure out a way for this to work. And that ship has sailed.
2: <laughs> and it, yeah, it's long it was- sailed.
0: It's long sailed. But mm-hmm. that's that's my thing, is that this was just completely. This this whole thing of thinking that this was going to work and not even really trying to make it work, and just coaching. But he does what that is where Tom Thibodeau failed in this entire
1: thing. But he doesn't have the mental capability to understand it can't work. Right, that's the problem. So so he doesn't. So the issue is the issue is Tibbs can't be allowed to do what he's doing. He can't do this job. I don't care who the person is. He can't effectively do this job. Uh, To go back to your point, though, Phil, it's an interesting discussion, and T.O. very much fits this bill as well. The star, near superstar, but star players do have an insecurity that drives them like this. And I think they think that they are these, I, I love to win. I just want to win. Well, Jimmy Butler doesn't really want, want to win because he's trying to be traded to the L.A. Clippers or the Brooklyn Nets. But if you think about it, the real star players, the LeBrons, very, very few. But those guys, how often do we hear them driving a storyline like this? Mm-hmm. You really don't, yeah. do you? Uh, No. Well, no, you don't. I mean, T.O. you do. Butler you do. Ades Bryant, who's a very good player at one time, did.
2: But it's the players that aren't good enough to get it done on their own yeah. that create this type of you know, Tom Brady and Russell Wilson don't do this because guess what? They've got ring, they're good enough to carry a team on their own. They've got their Super Bowl rings. LeBron James doesn't do this. He's one of the best players of all time, right? So it's that gap. Yep. Where they're, it's they're interesting. not. Yeah. Um I don't know. I one other thing I thought about when reading these these Kevin Garnett quotes was it would be fun if he were the Timberwolves owner. I don't think he would make for a great front man for an organization. I think him behind the scenes as a consultant working with the team. I, I just feel like he's so emotional and even vulgar in terms of the way the deal public <laughs> facing. Um, I and, and he and there's all these stories about him rubbing people the wrong way behind the scenes. It's it's romantic to think about man if now that Kevin Garnett is Kevin Garnett we've heard more from Kevin Garnett in the last 3 weeks than we've heard publicly from Glenn Taylor the owner of the franchise Glenn Taylor so it's fun to put ourselves in this spot thinking about what if KG could put together a group like has been rumored right going back 3 4 years ago to buy the team and i don't know, i think that's probably better in theory than it is in actual practice but at the very least it's such an indictment on Glenn Taylor that KG is not a part of this. That, thing right see, now. that's
0: that's what I was gonna get at. I don't know if ownership or being a GM or anything like that would be something that KG could do, but he he needs to be in that building in some capacity. In some capacity. Because and you can see it in this in Johnny's story. Like, KG is a guy that will look at Carl Anthony Towns and invest in trying to get him to trying to elevate him to being an unstoppable force in this league. Like KG's a guy that will invest in doing that. And he'll push Cat and he'll probably get in his face and say things to him, but it's it's not gonna be like a Jimmy Butler type of thing where it's just I I just can't stand him because he doesn't work as hard as me.
1: Would KG though, I and I think he would, find people because that's all a guy like that has has to, to Wait, do. Find or find? F- find. Find the right people. Oh. It, it's what Glenn Taylor can't do. You've got to find the right people. You might have to start finding the right people, too. <laughs> well, you could suspend <laughs> uh, you could suspend people, but that, yeah. that once again, is not going to happen.
2: Uh, gentlemen, it is a Write That Down Friday here, which uh, we will get back to and, and make our weekly predictions and go through some of the ones that went awry from previous weeks. Football Hour includes Sage Rosenfels, And Matthew Collar, as usual, too. It's Mackie and Judd, Manny Hill from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Every Friday at this time, I sit down with Dale Tondrick, my uh, friend and trusted financial guru. And we talk about retirement and putting money away for long-term security, and just his thoughts on how to make sure you've got all your ducks in a row financially going forward. We call it the Friday Financial Playbook. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know I'm not did,
1: paying attention. Who's counting? So then I went one for nine or something like
2: that. Uh, Manny, you've taken a couple couple swings. We actually had one for Manny. Let's start with Manny here and his predictions. Okay. You had one that came off the board that we forgot about, that Zach Anik's dad would throw four touchdown passes against oh, Miami yeah. of Ohio. Yeah. yeah you thought happen. we were just going to let that one slide, huh? Yeah. yeah I thought no, everybody would forget about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather forget about that one. Yeah, that's okay. I had a Zach dad and Gophers prediction that we will we will get to as well. <laughs> yeah, you did. I, I probably shouldn't be uh, throwing stones in this glass house. But uh, Manny also had no. That was the only one. That, no, Manny had Kirk Cousins throwing at least three interceptions in Philadelphia. Mm. No, that didn't go so well. No faith.
1: No hashtag faith. I saw some nice passes on Sunday from yeah. Kirk. Yep. Yeah. It was pretty good.
2: Uh, Matthew Collar predicted at some point this summer that the Wild would trade a core player before the opener.
1: Standing pat's what we're doing. Yeah, they didn't even really make tweaks. We're, we're standing pat. We just love that team.
2: And then uh, James Murphy predicted the Gophers would not only go into the Iowa game undefeated, but they would beat Iowa. That was, that was a parlay, lucky for him, <laughs> so it was only one incorrect point. He worked that point. show high, huh? And drunk. And drunk, yes. Uh, Judd, you actually had nothing come off the board,
1: surprisingly. Oh good. It's about wow. time I don't. Yeah. Now,
2: no, no. I said the Gophers, uh, I said Anikstad and Seth Green would account for four combined touchdowns or more. I think they may have, but I also said it would be in a win over Iowa. So, they at least, oh, had, they at least had Collar's three. contesting you. Oh, come on.
1: They traded Gustav Olofsson. I won credit.
2: Judd, you can be the jury here. Buzz (laughs) him. Not even close. Sorry, Collar. And then I had uh, earlier in the year when it looked like Conor McGregor wasn't going to ever fight in the UFC again. I said he would fight in the UFC again, and it will be before the end of the calendar year, and he did. (laughs) Yes! he got his ass kicked and now is facing a hearing did you guys watch that fight you
1: judge you don't watch fights i times? read about it cuz of all the theatrics but i did not watch it it was amazing
2: you had you had members of the opposing fighters training staffs throwing down after the you had sucker punches on connor mcgregor
1: in the octagon and, and the was, cops came in but then then the one totally the one side didn't want to press charges and, Yeah. okay
2: yeah and the, we're talking about these are some Shady Russian fighter groups here. I would not want to. I would want to press charge. All sounds orchestrated to me. Yeah, it uh... it is. So as it stands here, it's very WWE like, and that's and that's probably making it more fun. Uh, as it stands, uh, I am batting two fifty nine and slugging four fifty seven. Judd is batting two forty one, slugging four forty. The listeners, which had looks like nothing come off the board, are batting two twenty two with a four twenty nine slugging percentage. And our producers slash guests are batting two oh seven, but slugging six fifty-seven. So they're making the most out of their hits when they when they do connect. So let's start write that down with Judd. I don't have a pencil. Well
4: remember that then.
1: Three predictions each. All right. In light of what's transpired during the course of this week, I will start off with a Wolves write that down. Jimmy Butler no longer will be with this franchise by next Friday. So a week from now. Jimmy Butler will be elsewhere. He no longer will be a member of the Timberwolves. Okay.
2: Write this down. Do you care to take a stab? Because Manny has the same prediction from a couple weeks ago, but with a specific team. The Knicks. Which I'm not not too confident in that right now. No, I don't. No, I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) Write it down. You like writing things down. You need a hit. You just need a hit. I'm just in a little bit of a slump. (laughs) All right, go ahead, Manny.
0: I hate to make this write-that-down prediction, but because I actually really like this guy, and I'm pulling for him to have success here but I just don't think it's going to work out. I do not think Pat Shermer will be the head coach of the New York Giants after this season.
1: Whoa! Wow. One and done. Whoa. And done. It's going to get to him. He's going to get wild wow. It's pretty bad there. It's pretty bad. There. He, he is confrontational.
2: He is. It's
1: <sighs> Like unnecessarily confrontational.
2: I think he's a coordinator. He's a great coordinator, but there's just so much more that goes into st- – I mean, Tom Thibodeau's a coordinator. I think he might be a Jaguars head coach. So he's a coordinator. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's made for that market. But did you see, in fairness, there are some antagonizing questions, but it's your job to handle them, especially in New York. And Mm -hmm. it's a a bigger market. There's 100 people in the room as opposed to 20 like there would be in the Twin Cities. But he, he made it clear he didn't think that they put out a poor effort. He basically said, I like the effort. We just suck. Is kind of what he said. Just wasn't really thrilled with the results. And then the next question was about the effort. And then he, pointed, the, he pointed at the guy. I heard and, the response to that one, yeah. So, I don't know.
4: Write it down. You like writing things down.
2: All right, write this down. I, I keep going with these Gophers predictions. I'm going to go with another Gopher football prediction.
4: What are you doing?
2: They'll cover the 30.
1: The Gophers <laughs> will cover the 30. Is that really what the spread is? I gotta look it at is. isn't this. Is like it is, it's like 29 20? and a half, I think. I <laughs> have It's a, even it's a nationally at, televised
2: I, game. I gotta look at this. The
0: g- isn't that game on oh, ABC? And, and Fox, boy, did they promote the hell out of that game. Oh, Fox, it's a Fox game. It's a Fox Sports,
1: sports sport. one. Oh, and boy, okay. okay. I've been watching bad. the
0: Vikings game in like literally every commercial break and like every downtime. Like, Joe Buck is just saying, yeah, next Saturday, the. Minnesota tries to pull up pull off the upset against Ohio State yeah. kickoff at such and such time
2: on Fox and he starts belly laughing into his lapel <laughs> yeah. microphone
1: 29 and a half
2: they'll oh, cover it goodness. that's my prediction Gophers will only get beat by four touchdowns and no more there's a single for you <laughs> a bunt single yeah to cover a the to sing- cover the spread for the Gophers? if they if they cover that spread that's probably a double because it's 50 it's a fifth what 50 50. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. So I'm you're predicting saying, that they own that they cover the spread?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a bunt single. Why would the, why, would, a, why, the why, is, wait, why is covering the spread a uh, bunt single? That's all right. not a bunt single. What, one thing I learned in the art of gambling college football is this: you don't travel your full team, so you're much less likely to, to cover a spread like that as the home team because you'll put in like fourth string guys.
2: But don't you think that Vegas accounted for that? That there's some smart dudes in a room that That's thought of that before Judd Zilgad did. That's why I'm giving you a bunch it's, single.
0: It's going to be 41 to 10 in the late in the fourth quarter, and Phil's going to be watching cover, that baby. game. He's just going to be going for the goal. goal for his, you he's going to to send Emmett
2: Carpenter out there and kick a field
0: goal to try and cover. <laughs> the Emmett Carpenter's
1: spread. good, but, by the way. He might be the best kicker in this yeah. town right now.
2: <laughs> Emmett Carpenter was a better kicker, like in the moment, was a better kicker than Daniel Carlson.
1: Absolutely, because Daniel Carlson
2: wasn't even a good kicker in college as a senior, and Emmett Carpenter is. Emmett Carpenter's good good.
1: Write
4: it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. At the
1: Judd. I'm going to go extremely positive right now. It pains you to say that. So I want <laughs> you to all listen very closely. The Vikings will win three of their next four before the bye. The That's Vikings really
2: very positive. It's
1: three of four. Three of four? That's incredibly positive. It's somewhat positive. You've got Arizona at the Jets, the Saints here, and the Lions here. They will win three of those games. Okay. They will win, and then so they will go in, into the bye on a high note, so
2: they will be uh, five, three, and one into the yeah. bye week. Correct. That if they if they do that, if they win three of their next four, that sets They're, them up pretty nicely. I agree. To probably win the division. They're really. in pretty good shape. I agree. Okay.
3: Write this down.
2: And to piggyback
0: off of that, the Vikings will get to ten wins and they will win the NFC North.
2: Ooh, look at you over there. Who finished just? You have to go on the record with this, but who do they? Who finished second? Aaron okay. Rodgers, the Packers. Eric. Vikings
0: will be ten five and one. The Packers will be Phil, nine six and one. Phil, and the Bears will be nine and seven.
1: Phil, no, no. Longer acknowledges the team from Green Bay. He just calls them Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he quit calling them <laughs> yeah, the Packers sure. like three weeks ago. Yeah,
2: they, the pack, the Packers are the team that shall not be ranked in my pigskin packing order, which we haven't done this week because of Jimmy Butler. So are you specifically predicting 10-5-1? 10-5-1, yes. 10-5-1 and a division win. Okay. Yes.
3: Write this down.
2: I hope they finish 9-5-2 and and win the division. <laughs>
3: write this down. They just
2: uh, tie the Packers again. <laughs> write this down. Kirk Cousins will break the all-time... Passing record, but I don't know if he will be the only one that does it. Kirk Cousins, I'm swinging for the fences. Kirk Cousins will break the all-time NFL passing record this season, mostly be, because they never hand the ball off.
0: That would be a hit for me too, because didn't I say? I think mine, one of mine, you said five thousand uh, yards,
2: five thousand yards. Yeah, what, but just for the right. Rec- what is the record? Five thousand four hundred. I have to look. 5, uh, Marino, Marino
0: had it for a while, and then I thought Marino's was broken. I thought Breeze or somebody might have broken it. Yeah,
2: either Peyton, Manning, or Breeze. It might have been Lee Peyton, actually, yeah. It. But Kirk Cousins, and it, there will probably be three dudes who break it. I'm going to I'm gonna ride the wave, though. <laughs> Kirk Cousins will break All right. the all-time single-season passing yards. There's five guys in the league just throw for yeah. 6,000 yards. <laughs> we actually have a prediction that we laughed at when it came in via email from one of our listeners, Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. Someone predicted that both Thielen and Diggs, it was Mark L., that Thielen and Diggs would both reach 1,500 yards receiving this year. I mean, there's not. there are many years where no receiver in the NFL gets to 1,500 yards, and he predicted that both would get to 1,500 yards. Well, Thielen's definitely on pace, mm-hmm. and I think Diggs is on pace for just over 1,600 yards right now. So. 5,477 5,
0: thousand four hundred seventy seven yards—the record for Peyton Manning in a season. That's a lot. Yeah. A,
2: a, maybe
1: I should back. You got like
2: down. three you guys, guys like writing breaking things down. That's a lot. I, that's probably not going to happen. But it's a home run if it happens. Back to Judd.
1: I'm going to go with the grand old game of baseball to wrap up my uh, trio. Of write that down. The Boston Red Sox will be your world champions.
2: Cool. I predicted that last week. The Boston
1: you. Red Sox. I. How about a, didn't how listen. To you. How about a differ- <laughs> differentiator? I here. didn't listen to you. And how many games? Uh, they'll win. Well, why don't you just amend yours from last week and I'll just go with the Red Sox <laughs> and win the World Series. All right, all amend mine.
2: All amend mine. The Red Sox will win the World Series in exactly six games. Okay. And, you'll, and you're and you going to leave yours. You guys are just like trying to pass each other. You know what I'll do? No, no, right no, no. Now. That's no. what you're doing. Make it five.
1: No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> to be, three in three games. Come wait, to, on. Wait, to be fair, to be, the, fa- the to the be fair, to be fair for both sides, I will say that the Red Sox will beat the Brewers. So I'll give the opponent. Okay. You, you give me the game. Or You gave me the games that it's going to go. I'll give you the opponent. Okay, they're going to beat the. uh,
2: If that happens, if the Brewers get that far, we've got uh, Elizabeth Fensky, our marketing guru here. She might not make it. Depressed. Yeah, she had. She had. She actually left work a little early just to mentally prepare for game one tonight to go breathe into a brown paper. You know what's so
1: funny? I
2: completely (laughs) believe that. (laughs) He's just like super nervous. Write this down. All right, back to man. Write it
4: down. You like writing things down.
2: All right, this is a fun one,
0: and it involves you, Phil Mackey. Okay, do I have to leave the room? No, okay. I don't know. <laughs> you, Phil Mackey, sometime over the next three months, will watch the movie Friday. It's a lot.
2: Of, he's giving me a lot of power to. I was going
0: to say you're giving him too too much control. control. But you have to. You you, you have, have to, You have to do it, and you will thoroughly enjoy it. Okay.
2: Okay. If I don't so, watch so it, so that's, the that, that's the right
0: deck. that's the right that down. You will watch Friday, and you will thoroughly enjoy it.
2: So you uh. You're giving me a lot of power because if I don't want to give you a point, I'll just wait till like February to watch it.
0: Well, okay, we'll take the time frame out of it. No,
2: no, leave it in there,
0: just for fun. Leave it in. No, there. but you, but then you're just you're gonna. I'm gonna say no, February 20th, and then you'll watch it February 21st. What
2: will be, will be. We'll see. I'm not okay. gonna.
1: I'm not gonna actively. You've try got too to mu- not watch you got it. too much power now. <laughs> You've gained way too much power you, around okay. these parts. You will watch it. Yes. You will watch the movie
2: by the end of way February. too much power. I don't like this. <laughs> You're just
0: like Tom Thibodeau now. Write
2: it down. Point. You
4: like writing things down. It's very competitive. I'm yeah,
2: like Tom Thibodeau. I I get power over. Write that down and the brand. It's good. You probably it, need me. It's,
0: yeah, it's it's my fault. I'm just trying to create drama. Um, but you will watch it by the month of February and you will thoroughly enjoy it. Okay.
2: I'll put it on Write the list. That down. We also have to get... We should just do movie nights here in the studio because Derek Wetmore, who covers baseball for a living the we last do, five years... For has, Wetmore, we there, need to do
1: movie months. He's never seen Major League. He's bragging about that now, though. It, it's become a point of pride for Derek. He it's tweeted He he had th- that tweeted at him by somebody a couple days ago, and he tweeted back, still haven't seen it. So now it's a point of pride that he hasn't you seen know, it. You
2: know, he stayed with Royce in Fort Myers for about three weeks during spring training last year, and those two watch... Those two watch, like, German movies with subtitles that no one's ever heard of. I don't get the uh, subtitles it's so sophisticated, thing. sophisticated, yes. Uh, final <laughs> write that down of the week. Write this down.
1: Do they talk like that?
2: Yes, they actually does speak Royce break in, Does Roycey
1: break into a British <laughs> accent when he's sophisticated? Yeah.
2: Royce, who, uh, well, I, we don't want to tease where he is right now and have people turn the radio station, but we'll tell you later where he is. Um, <laughs> Tom Thibodeau, this is going to make both of your heads explode. Tom Thibodeau will somehow coach the entire season for the Timberwolves. (laughs) Write that down. Tom Thibodeau will somehow coach the entire season for the Timberwolves. And Glenn Taylor won't even realize it. (laughs) He's coaching my team still? As he sits courtside. What's going on? Write this down. Man. Uh, 651-646-8255 if you have Wolves Ventline thoughts. And the football hour coming up with Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels live at 515. Mackie and Judd are back.
4: Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On
3: 1500 ESPN. I felt it was like a, a normal practice, but it was it was new for guys. Uh, it was only our second year really together, but I've been around Jimmy for a long time, so we always had practices like that in Chicago. So... It was always a good competition, and after the end of the practice, everybody just shook up, and we still understood we was teammates. Like I said, I'm just, we're just happy that we get to play basketball tonight here in Milwaukee and get a
0: chance to come out here and play for the first time in a while.
4: Are you guys getting tired of having to ask, a- answer questions about this? I mean, the look says it all right now. Uh,
0: I mean, are you tired of hearing me say, I want to play Boston basketball today here in Milwaukee? So you let me know. Will you be happy to pick up a basketball if Jimmy Butler is still on this team Wednesday night? I'm happy to play basketball with anybody.
2: Man, it's so it's so awkward.
1: I know. All, so se- awkward. all self-induced, too. God. All self-inflicted.
2: I have a I have a talents question for you guys. It's something that's been bothering me for probably his entire career, but even, even more so going back to the playoff series. He deserved criticism Absolutely, for his lack of performance against the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Be a little more aggressive, demand the ball a little bit more. I get that it's tough because you got alpha male Jimmy Butler over here and brooding Tom Thibodeau over there and you don't mesh well with either one of them. And he's he's in a tough spot. You know, If he had a different star player with him or a different coach, I think he'd probably be a little bit better in certain areas. but And he had a tough
0: matchup in the playoffs with Clint Capella, who's like a legit defender. Sure. But still, like, you know,
2: sure, but we, here, need, but, we need more out but of But here's what bothers me. He is one of the best players in the NBA. He's not the second best player, but he's one of the 20 best players in the NBA, objectively. And there are, there are some measurements that would show you, if you want to get into some of the advanced statistics, like win shares and things like that, that I know some people laugh at but there's a lot of people in 2018 that don't laugh at those things including front offices. Mm-hmm. He's number 2 or 3 in the NBA in win shares last year. So there are some measurements that tell you he's one of the top 3 or 4 overall players in the NBA just because of how efficient he is offensively. Why do we hammer him so much for the gap between who he is and and perfection? But we let other guys slide all the time. I mean, Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler rarely gets criticized for for his on-the-court performance. Well, once in a while, we'll hammer him for at the end of games, he hogs the ball and misses a shot. But Carl Anthony Towns plays 82 games every year. Jimmy Butler never plays 80. Jimmy Butler doesn't play 70 games in a year.
0: He's right? only played more than 70 twice. Exactly. In seven are NBA you, seasons.
2: Yeah, he's not. Jimmy Butler's not nearly as efficient of an offensive player or skilled an offensive player as Carl Anthony Towns, yet we never rip Jimmy for that. Are you, we rip Towns all the time.
1: Are you asking uh, why Butler rips them or why we rip them? I would say we them.
2: I would say there's,
1: fans, media. I mean, Carl Anthony
2: Towns got hammered by Barkley and by all these guys. And yeah. I know
1: that for that series
2: it didn't look good.
1: Well but, for two games it didn't. You're but right, instead
2: yeah. of looking at Towns as one of the best blossoming players in the NBA, like Anthony Davis was a few years back. Mm-hmm. And Davis is a better defensive player. He's also like five years older than Carl Anthony Towns is. We hammer Towns for the two really bad games against the Rockets, and the fact that he's not one of the best defensive bigs in the NBA, even though he is a generationally great offensive player for his age at this point. It's like we we nitpick the gap between
1: where he is in perfection. And this is true of guys like Barkley. This is true of fans. Guilt by association. Wiggins. Wiggins is so detached so seemingly, and he's a guy with talent, but mm-hmm. so seemingly disengaged from what what he supposedly likes to do that I think Towns gets lumped in by far too many national people with with him, and I think he gets lumped in by Wolves fans because because they just go with uh, well look at I mean look at if Andrew's not doing that and then Cat I think Wolves fans get that more, but I think nationally I think it's the it's the ability or the perception rightfully so that Andrew Wiggins looks like he doesn't give a damn and Karl Anthony Towns takes a bullet for that so unfairly now butler butler i think is frustrated because he sees he sees cat's talent and in his mind he doesn't understand cuz he says to himself i was the 30th pick in the draft i'm self-made i am completely self-made how can a guy with the talent of cat not apply a- all of that talent immediately. The answer is he's 22 years old. But I really think the national knock on Cat, if there is one, is guilt by association.
0: Well, and my thing too is, what was Jimmy Butler as a player at 22 years old? Wasn't as good as Cat. No. Nope. Now he's be- Now he's a better player than Cat. Now it's close, J- but it's close. It's 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 fairly close. But at 22, but he, you're but- right. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler at 22 years old was a rookie in the NBA and not playing very much. He had to work his butt off. Like, Jimmy had to work his Mm -hmm. butt off to get where he's at. But, like, I think sometimes, to your point, Phil, like people forget that somebody is 22 years old, he's going to be 23 next month, and he is not going to be – this play, The player that he is today, he's not going to be that same player five years from now when he's 27, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a better player. And it's, and it's like people are, are, are not really thinking about that. And they're just assuming that what he is now at 22 is what he's going to be at 29, 30 years right. old. And he, yeah. there's no way anybody can definitively say that.
2: Yes. Here's another thing that people don't account for. We see all these numbers about the Timberwolves with Jimmy on the court or when Jimmy played in a game. Versus when he didn't play in a game. And yeah, obviously they're a lot better when Jimmy Butler is playing versus when they're not. You know what you never see? When Karl-Anthony Towns is on is on the floor for a game and when he's not. Because he's always on the floor. Yeah, because it never happens. But, but I can guarantee you, as Vince McMahon once said in the late 1990s wrestling Monday Night Wars, if you did those same numbers and said, let's say Jimmy Butler was the guy who played all 82 games and Karl-Anthony Towns only played 50 or 60 games, but he was for those 50 or 60 games he was giving you this version of Carl Anthony Towns. You don't think that there'd be a huge discrepancy in how good they were with or without Carl Anthony Towns? Like Towns is this band-aid that nobody acknowledges. So you you go and say, "Oh, the Wolves were a 47 or whatever it was, 48 win team last year, and without Jimmy Butler they played at more like a 34 win pace." Okay, take Carl Anthony Towns off that team and guess what they are? Yeah. They're, they're drafting fifth overall and because he's mm-hmm. awesome.
1: The most important thing right now is this. What's going to give this team, and Cat and in particular, the best chance to develop and become as successful as possible? And they're nowhere near that. They can't. Tips can't do it. He's got no ability. He's got zero. Wiggins might just be a, a lost cause, in which case they made a mammoth mistake by, by signing him to the max a year ago, and they might have just bleeped that up beyond belief. But if you are to say, okay, you have this potentially gener- uh, generationally great talent in Cat, and what's going to, how can we sit down today and just say, focusing on him alone, what gives us the best opportunity to to maximize the fact that this guy could be an all-star for 15 years? They don't have anything in place to do it. They don't have the coach in place. They don't have the team in place. They certainly don't have the guy who can come, come in and help him, which we all thought Butler was. And Butler has no interest in doing that can can Andrew do that? Probably absolutely not. So you don't even you're not even giving yourself when you discuss this the opportunity to maximize one guy's talent who could be who has the potential to be eventually a Hall of Fame player. And
0: that's why when you know when people call in and when people tweet and they say like well you just got to get you just got to get Jimmy out of here and just take take whatever you can get for him right now. No, you got to you still have to play that card right. Like you still you don't want to Go back to the Miami Heat and say, "Okay, well, send you Jimmy Butler and give us Hassan Whiteside and Tyler Johnson. Just hand us two bad contracts, and because we just we just got to get Jimmy out of here. Like you gotta, you have Carl Anthony Towns, and you also have to work to mold this roster around him to where he can have a lot of success, and to where the rest of the team can have a long, mm-hmm. a lot of success long term. Yeah.
2: So to to your point, when we come back here, I actually have an example for you guys. If you and I don't know if you can play this card right because things are so toxic right now and the decision maker is mm-hmm. just just apparently so incapable of seeing the playing field from thirty thousand feet. But if you can play this Jimmy Butler trade card right, there is an example that should make Wolves fans optimistic about not getting twenty five cents on the dollar. Plus, the football hours coming up shortly. It includes Sage Rosenfels in about thirty. And the Wolves vent lines are open, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500.
4: Mackie and Judd now continue. What now?
0: What now? Let me tell you what now.
2: Mackie and Judd on
0: 1500 ESPN. Quick check on your traffic, 94 eastbound. We still have that crash uh, in St. Paul uh, near Cretin and Vandalia Street, uh, adding a few minutes to your commute. And uh, 94 westbound in St. Paul uh, between Marion and Kellogg and uh, Dale Street. Uh, an extra three minutes on your commute there. And also, uh, 494 westbound, we have a crash in Richfield between 24th Avenue South and Highway 77 at Cedar Avenue. Uh, an extra five minutes. Prepare for that.
3: You guys, for you, your job is the drama. We're, You know, our job is to get ready to flood. So I understand you got a job to do. We have a job to do. And that's what we have to do. We're not going to get into daily behavior and, and stuff like that. We know what we have to do in practice. We understand how we have to practice. Uh, and that's what we're going to focus on. I did expect them there. And, uh, you know, some things that have been reported are correct. Some are not. So, you know, and it's not uncommon, uh, when players scrimmage that, you know, there'll be some talk. And so it was competitive. Right, I got a little optimism for you gentlemen
2: if you'd like it little Timberwolves sunshine to reflect the first sun we've seen in the Twin Cities for 2 weeks. <laughs> is it it's really been 2 weeks of straight rain pretty much here both with the Timberwolves and weatherwise. Oh the yeah, Twin with Cities. Timberwolves definitely, definitely has. Like, yeah. 11 of the 12 days it's been rainy of October. It's been uh, it's been aggressive for sure. So the problem here is the Wolves lack leverage to actually cash in on Jimmy Butler. And, and part of it's because, you know, when, when there is no hope of him playing long-term, um, you know, and then the Wolves have this other brush fire that takes away from their leverage, which is the toxicity and the urgency to get him out of the locker room, right? So it's a little bit of an apples and oranges comparison, but in 2011, I want to say, somewhere in there, the Denver Nuggets and Carmelo Anthony parted ways. And Carmelo made it very clear to the Nuggets leading up to his final contract season, I'm not gonna play here anymore. In fact, I think he might have sat out some of training camp. This is like seven or eight years ago. Okay. He might have. Yeah. But he made it very clear in in the 2010 into the two thousand eleven season that he had no desire to play for the Denver Nuggets anymore. And and hey, you got you got five minutes to trade me basically. Now they took it all the way up to the trade deadline. Um, and they wound up trading him to the Knicks in the middle of the season. But here's the ray of hope for the Timberwolves, okay? The Nuggets gave up. And at the time, I would say Carmelo Anthony was a different type of player, but he was kind of in that same category of maybe the 12th best player in the NBA, just like Jimmy Butler is. Mm -hmm. So they wound up getting a bunch of things in return, including a bunch of draft picks. I'm not saying you're going to get this exact haul, but can you get something that's maybe not super flashy that turns into things that are relevant? And then what can your team be like going forward? they wound up with a bunch of peripheral pieces like Raymond Felton and Timothy Mozgov and Kosta Koufos, who was with the Timberwolves. I <laughs> yes, think he was. was part of that deal. Yep. But they also wound up with Danilo Gallinari, who became one of their best players for a few years. Gallinari, 15, 17 points a game, shoots three-pointers, etc. And a couple first-round draft picks that later turned into Dario Saric and Jamal Murray. That's a pretty good haul. Now, they had, I think those were protected picks, so they actually had to wait a year to get Saric, or maybe two years, and then another year to get Jamal Murray. Okay, And so they took a dip. They dropped down uh, the second half of the season after they traded Carmelo Anthony. But they did—they actually did get to the playoffs still without him. The next two years without Carmelo Anthony, they won 58% of their games in a strike-slash-lockout shortened 2011-12, 38-28. and And then they had the most wins in their franchise's history a year and a half, Two years after the Carmelo trade, they went fifty seven and twenty-five in two thousand twelve thirteen. They got bounced in the first round. That was the year George Carl won coach of the year and then got fired in the offseason mm-hmm. as coach of the year. Yeah. But they traded a top fifteen player and they still and, and I don't know if extracting him, he wasn't toxic necessarily, but there was some toxicity there. Extraction can be powerful in that case. Well, he was ready to leave. He wanted out. For sure. So
1: so, so here's the one problem. Because that plan sounds great. Yeah. What happens when when the guy that runs your basketball operation is also toxic, though?
2: Yeah, that's the apples like, to the who, oranges. <laughs> who makes this trade? But no, yeah. but if you had, I, by a, no means, am I saying that they're going to be better without Jimmy Butler. Okay, I'm just showing you an example right, where but, that did happen. But if
1: they had a strategy to make this type of trade, like if this was some type of slow play where they I said we're absolutely, where if he had, had really come to them a week before camp started and, and not not. Four days after the season ended, and he had come to them very late in the ball game, and they said, "Jimmy, we can't do this now. We're going to have to. We're going to have to keep you. You're probably going to have to play, and it's going to play out. And we're ultimately going to trade you. And you, you made that type of deal. I'd say fantastic, night, well played, gentlemen. But when the issue is when the player and and the coach, who's also the president of basketball operations, are equally as toxic. Who makes the trade? Yeah, Glenn? See,
2: see, you're, you're poking too many holes in my theory here. Okay? I'm sorry you know, to do that. Just be left <laughs> but at, I, they're going to win 57 games in two years. You could have s- left it at that. I wish <laughs> I <laughs> could see this ray <laughs> of sunshine. Uh six five one six four six eight two five five. Larry in Minneapolis, you're on Wolves line. My name is Bryce. Um, Bryce, so Larry, I, is, we'll call you whatever the hell we want, Larry slash Bryce. Uh,
4: my, uh, I think Manny is on to something. The idea of not just keep making a trade for trade's sake. If it looks like what you can get back is bad contracts, I would rather Minnesota trade Jimmy Butler to Sacramento for their expiring contracts. Will the up next summer, and guys like Hassan Whiteside, whose his deal expires, maybe a buddy deal. I, I doubt they'd offer him, but they probably would offer Ben McLemore. The guys whose contracts are going to expire, so the Wolves could actually then have the cap flexibility to give the full veteran exception to someone or the mid-level exception to someone, which they can't do right now because they're over the cap. If they get into that level, where they could extend it to somebody that's great. But get cap flexibility. Um, Sacramento doesn't have their first round pick next year. They so have no reason to tank anyways. They don't want to see Boston get the first pick in the draft. So they might as well send him to Sacramento because uh, they're not going to be taking Get cap flexibility and say goodbye to Jim Butler, and then find a coach, find a GM who's willing to implement the system around that'll highlight a generationally talented offensive player like Carl Anthony Jackson yeah. down as one of those versatile offensive big men in the history of the game. Highlight him, build around him, get cap flexibility. I'll hang up and listen.
2: Yeah, thanks, Bryce. You know what it kind of reminds me of is he's going through. You've got this system that doesn't really fully highlight or empower this crazy good player that you drafted. It's a little bit like when the Vikings drafted Teddy Bridgewater. Not that he was generationally talented, but he's a first-round draft pick quarterback that was once projected to go number 1 overall. And they brought him in and said, All right, well, we're going to run a system that's really not going to feature you. In fact, it's mostly going to feature this running back over here this that can't play on third down. Old player who, yeah, yeah. that that's true. Who's banged up all but the time. But the
1: difference there, but the difference here is you've got... Teddy was a nice player, but you are you've got this guy who's unbelievable. And nobody is saying, "All right, we've got him. What 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 are steps A, B, and C to maximize this player?" Nobody's saying that. Everybody's saying, "Hell, Jimmy, we got to keep Jimmy happy. We got to and and that that's where it is and it's not surprising, but it is amazing that somebody from upstairs doesn't come downstairs and say, "No, Tom. No, sorry."
2: Uh, Mike in Burnsville, you're on Wolves Ventline with Mackie and Judd.
4: I have a question that's going to sound like I'm kidding, but I'm 100% serious. Okay. And I know there's no precedent for it, but is there any way that this can seriously be done? The Wolves um, go to the league and petition to just send the Wolves to Seattle, and then we take that expansion team so we can just start <laughs> over?
2: You're saying that they would they would be based in Seattle and we would well, still Seattle, cheer for
4: Seattle's, them. Seattle's uh, wanting that team. Oh, back. I see what we you're saying. We would take the expansion team oh, for Seattle. The, so We'd start over. We'd flip, so
0: move the Wolves to Seattle, and then. Is there any the way
4: that that, that can be
2: negotiated? And I'm serious. Um, you know what? You guys thought Joe Smith was the end. So here's a, okay. I'm going to entertain this for a second. Thank you for the question, Mike in Burnsville. I sort of love it, assuming that Glenn Taylor. You know he owns the wolves, so he would. Glenn Taylor would go to Seattle, or at least he would. He would own the team in Seattle if he made this swap, which he would never do. Well, but hold on. Let's go down this path. (laughs) I
4: reckless speculation.
2: Finding another Carl Anthony Towns would be the key to your to your uh, expansion team. So is the are you lucky enough to be able to find another Carl Anthony Towns in the next five or ten years? I would I, I would still rather bank I, I, I would rather bank on Carl Anthony Towns outlasting Tom Thibodeau, Scott Layden, and maybe even Glenn Taylor. He's come close to pull I'm not I'm not saying like I'm saying him selling the team, not the other yeah, I didn't, thing. Okay, I didn't think okay. you were saying death. <laughs> no. I got what you were I'm saying. I'm not saying death. I got you were I'm saying, saying sell the death team. On anybody. Yeah. I understood that. <laughs> I could See how that would come off.
1: So I'll open for interpretation, I guess. <laughs> if people want to interpret that, that's what you meant. But I didn't take it that way. All right, let's take one more here. Uh, Daniel and Maple Grove, you're on Wolves Vent Line.
4: Hi, hi, Dad. Have
2: Okay, I don't know. Hey,
4: the <laughs> don't kid know might have a real question. I
2: don't, know, I don't know if that was. Well, it was like I couldn't. It was. It was some car
1: speaker phone or something. That kid could potentially own it, this team right now and do a better <laughs> job than Glenn Taylor, and that's all I know.
2: <laughs> you're probably not wrong, actually um if you missed it this was tom tom thibodeau spoke this morning and he was uh, mildly defensive to put it to put it uh, it. simply this was this was tom thibodeau on the drama
3: you guys for you your job is the drama we're you know our job is to get ready to play so i understand you got a job to do we have a job to do and that's what we have to do we're not going to get into daily behavior and and stuff like that we know what we have to do in practice we understand how we have to practice uh, I and mean, that's what we're gonna focus. On. It's how you view like what you want to pick and choose, you know, what people say So, you know, I'm not gonna comment on any of that because he's also praised a lot of guys and that's never reported. So um, You know, I know what you guys are trying to get to and for us We just got to lock into what we need to do. I'm not gonna get into all that stuff. That's that's you guys You know, I'm not answering to all the rumors and stuff that gets put out. It's garbage garbage it's all garbage.
0: So, what what is what does
1: daily behavior mean? Like what is he? Like, he's he's not gonna give give you a play by play of if things transpire in practice is what he's trying to say. But the issue is he knew the butler was gonna practice on Wednesday. He encouraged the meltdown because he was told it was going to happen and he didn't stop it. But now he's blaming us for the drama that he, by the way, that his guy participated in. Yeah. That his guy. And by the way, and also, it was scripted. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, it was scripted for Jimmy, and Tibbs is just like Tibbs, loving
1: the fact that it I was. I think Tibbs was scripted. probably given the damn script and told, yeah. this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, all right, that sounds good to me. Yeah. All Unbelievable. Well, Seattle.
0: I take that back. Totally believable.
1: It is very believable.
0: I yep. like this idea. The Seattle.
2: Football hour when we come back, Matthew Collar. Can the Vikings defense get back to its 2017 ways after what happened in Philadelphia? The first half, anyways, was was very good for the Vikings defense. But Can they get back to their 2017 ways? And also, Sage Rosenfels in about 15 or 20 minutes. TCL Broadcast Studios.
4: Sit tight. The Mackey and Judd Show will continue in a moment.
3: Do I have your word on that, sir?
4: Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN.